Nature lovers, Dale Stewart here, and you are tuned in to Nature's Edge. Many of you know that uh, I have a real passion for the American buffalo, or the uh, bison, as as we know them here in uh, in North America, and uh, as some of you know, I even own a few of them myself. But our guest today, uh, he's he's kind of taken the uh, the North American buffalo or the bison to a different level, at least uh, in North Carolina. And uh, we're going to talk to Dr. Frank King. Uh, Dr. King is a doctor of, of chiropractic medicine and naturopathy, and he's the founder and owner of two Asheville health-related businesses, King Bio and Carolina Bison. And King Bio is a natural pharmaceutical manufacturer of safe homeopathic medicines and dietary supplements. Uh, Dr. King is also a fourth-generation farmer, and he established Carolina Bison here in western North Carolina in 1985. The company promotes a healthy lifestyle by offering high-quality meats while honoring the life, the history of the American bison, and Dr. King continues to research healthy meat and natural products from elk, yak, camels, Watusi, and other wild breeds. Uh, I call him Frank, but Dr. King, welcome to the show, my friend. <laughs> well, Dale, thank you for having me on here. You're just a, you're my kind of guy. I really appreciate the history and all you have done as well. I appreciate that. I, I'm going to jump right in, particularly... Uh, uh, why don't we Why don't we start a little bit with the um, uh, with with the medicines and the dietary supplements and the things that, uh, that that you've developed and that you manufactured? Could you tell us a little of that history and where that came from before we get into the buffalo? Sure, Dale. I'd be honored to. You know, it's started back really in the early seventies. Uh, you know, being raised on a beef farm. Uh, you know, I started getting into nature and started realizing nature knew a lot more than what I was learning from, you know, Penn State. So uh, we we really, as we studied that, and I really had some nice mentors, some naturalists, if you will, that really helped guide me and find, you know, search, you know, guide me down that pathway of finding wild, wild-crafted herbs and uh, unique things, and as I studied nature, I began to listen to nature and realize there's more wisdom that was giving me insights. So by the early 70s, I started converting our farm, 450-acre family farm, into organic and biodynamic approaches. And with that, I got also then into natural health, and from there, I've uh, been a healing maniac ever since. So we developed in practice. Uh, a lot of new medicines, natural medicines, without side effects, without any negative drug interactions, and found, wow, this is the way to go. This is the way we're really correcting and curing causes instead of just suppressing symptoms. A big difference that we need to understand in today's world. Absolutely. So with that direction, we developed some advancements, uh, a lot of them into whole food-based nutrition rather than synthetic vitamins and minerals, as well as into the realm of what we call homeopathic medicines. And homeopathic medicines are just phenomenal. They're very corrective and curative in their actions. And we developed a pure water base. We developed uh, multiple potencies. We developed... uh, certain formulations that were working so well 
that you know we but we couldn't get anyone to make them for us. I struggled for two years trying to get traditional companies to make these medicines for us. And after that, I finally hit a critical mass and uh, decided I had four associate doctors in my clinic, and uh, I said, I've turned it over to you. I've got to go do this. And uh, so off I left a very lucrative practice and uh, decided to pick Asheville, North Carolina. Went to school in Atlanta area, so it was, you know, I've come up to Asheville. I remembered it so well as being a unique and wonderful place to live. And yeah. uh, off I came here to figure out how do you start a pharmaceutical manufacturing company to make these type of natural medicines? We need the same license as Lily, Merck, Upjohn, and so on. So came here uh, and thought I was just doing my sabbatical, and I decided, okay, it's time to stay. This is my home. My bumper sticker says uh, I wasn't born here, but I got here as quick as I could. And uh, so I left the family farm right on the Pennsylvania-Ohio border, and I became an Ashevillian. And so we began King Bio in 1989, mm. and we've been making uh, these products uh you know, all this time, and they go all over the world, uh, and we're in health food stores, we're in uh, drug stores, grocery stores, uh, we're in pet stores with pet products, uh, and so, as well as sell directly to the public, and we're all about what we call uh, the healing revolution, and it's about empowering people to realize that they can, how much authority they have over their health, and how much in through lifestyle and natural healing techniques and using natural products, how much they can change their health and make the biggest difference in the outcome about not only living longer, but living healthier as well. Well, as you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time living with indigenous tribes in, in various areas around the world. And that was where I was first really exposed to, uh, uh, to natural, what I call natural medicines and, and, uh, um, and I and I must admit I was a little leery when I first got out there and get you know you 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 grow up with the the world of of uh, of traditional medicine I guess in the United States but you know there was there was some times when I was either injured or sick uh, uh, and and the local uh, shaman or medicine man would would uh, or woman would would mix something up and give it to me and uh, I found out real quick that it worked. <laughs> uh, you know, the, and and so I came back and and really uh, became a believer because I, I actually used it and and found out that it worked. And I was also amazed by these uh, what many people call ancient or savage people that their knowledge uh, of this it, right down to uh, to dosage levels. They knew exactly mm -hmm. how much yep. to give someone depending on the the symptoms. Now, they mm -hmm. may not know what you have, but they know <laughs> what to, what to treat it with. It's amazing. Dale, the, the only real critics to this is those who haven't used it. <laughs> so, you know, and there's your answer. Yeah, a a absolutely. Do you see a day when, uh, I know there's always been this discussion, uh, you know, with the FDA. Do you, are they getting more involved or wh where does all that stand? Because I get people talk about that from time to time. Yeah, you know, we've been 
really in a unique position because this homeopathic medicines specifically are actually registered drugs with the FDA. That's what I thought, yeah. And because they're registered drugs, we can actually make more claims on homeopathic drug, natural drug products than all of what we call allopathic drugs in total. That allopathic drugs are the common drugs your, your doctor may give or that you would get through a drugstore. Right. So, you know, it's really quite fascinating, and that does bother, I don't think it's the FDA so much, but there's, you know, we know how the system works. You've sure. been around for a while, no, Bill, absolutely, yeah. and, uh, you know, and we understand how, you know, money talks and, uh, and how big business, uh, you know, wants to keep control in, in, of their share out there in the yeah. world. Well, you know, I spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C., and I, I can tell you from, just from a perspective, some of the largest lobbying firms in in the country or the traditional pharmaceutical well there are more lobbyists from big pharma as we call yeah. it than there are people in congress yeah absolutely <laughs> you were exactly right on that uh, uh about that we got about a minute left and uh, i was going to ask you that your um your products, uh, you, you manufacture all your products here in Asheville area or in Western North Carolina? That's correct. And distribute? Yeah, all uh, the way, yes, uh, sir. From here, and and, uh, and they're going all over the place. So the uh, um, And people can learn more about uh, about the products and what you guys are doing at, at uh, uh, kingbio.com. Is that the, That's a great address, yes. Yeah, uh, go to www.kingbio.com, and you can learn much more about... Uh, uh, about King Bio and and the different products they have and uh, uh, and I've looked at that website. It's it's also fairly educational uh, to people well, thank that, you. Are, that are looking in there and getting in there. You're listening to Dale Stewart, Nature's Edge, and my guest, Doctor Frank King. Uh, we will be back after this brief message, and uh, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, Carolina bison. We shall return. This is Dale, and we are back with Nature's Edge. And we're talking today with Dr. Frank King. Uh, Frank is a doctor of chiropractic and uh, naturopathy and uh, is the founder of, uh, of a couple of um, businesses located here in western North Carolina and Asheville area. Uh, both are health-related businesses. He has King's Bio, King Bio, and Carolina Bison. And uh, those of you that are my listeners know that I have a strong... Uh, uh, a like for the American bison, American buffalo, and uh, uh, I've had the honor of uh, touring Dr. King's uh, uh, farm. And uh, let's just start right off. Uh, uh, Frank, how did you get interested in in bison? <laughs> oh, you know, I don't know. It might be in our genes. <laughs> uh, might be. You know, you think about it, and we did a lot of study in genetics, and uh, you know, wild animals, wild things, nature in general actually awaken our healthy gene expressions you know we're nature has sustained us from the beginning of time when we get away from nature it's like good old dr sunshine and fresh air uh when we get away from uh even the natural foods that we were that sustained us from the beginning then we really we're kind of like polar bears being re- taken out of the arctic and being released into the death valley desert 
We're, they're not going to do very well. No. And that's the problem we're having in the 21st century. I call it a 21st century syndrome that we're suffering from. Why we have chronic disease going pandemic amongst the world. And, you know, that we're not designed to live that way. And, and it's showing uh, by, you know, all the dementia, the heart disease, the cancers, and other chronic diseases is plaguing us, uh, us humans and animals. Uh, that have been affected by the 21st century. So, you know, there's a way to really be able to live and appreciate the benefits of both worlds. And that's what we're about. And one of those, of course, is eat more bison. You know, the bison, people don't realize it, Dale, but bison are prehistoric animals that survived. They actually came from Europe across that Bering Strait from Russia Mm -hmm. to America and Alaska, Northwestern Territories of Canada, and came across during the Ice Age. And they migrated here, and those who stayed, those ones that stayed up in the northwestern portion of North America became what we call Wiesent bison. I'm sorry, Woods bison. Woods yeah, can we get it right? Wiesent were the European bison right. that came across. So, And then the ones that migrated to the plains became what we know as the plains bison. And then there was those that migrated to the east, and we don't people don't realize it, Dale. But you know, eastern bison ranged from you know, of course, in the USA from Maine all the way to Florida. Yeah. And you know, the bison they roamed in the Carolinas actually had the highest concentration of bison in the east, as was discovered by you know white settlers and documented. So you know that's in actually the last bison in the east, the last eastern bison to be killed, and they are extinct right now, was actually killed just outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and so what we've been working hard to actually bring back all the genetics of the bison, and you know we've been crossing. We brought before there were any laws. We brought some of these woods bison from up in the northwestern territories of Canada here and been crossing them with the plains bison to get a more genetic diversity. You think about it, it's estimated 60 million bison were here before white man. Right. And, you know, with white man, they had a government proclamation to kill all the bison they can in an effort to take away the strengths of the Native American. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so... We, they, as they were doing that, according to whose history book, it was down to a couple hundred to a couple thousand bison was all that was left. And so the genetics pool got very little, very tiny. And so we've been working very hard to restore that, genet- that, that genetic diversity back you know, to the bison. And hence, now we have the, actually the largest recorded bison, bull, and cow uh, known uh, right here in Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, and they're they're beautiful animals, and and um, a lot of my listeners are saying, "What is the difference between a buffalo and a bison?" Well, it's kind of is it a buffalo nickel, or you and it, you know, does it have an Indian head or a Native, Native American, American head? Indian. And so, you know, bison is the formal name. Correct. White man gave them the buffalo name because they did kind of look a little similar to the Asian buffalo or water buffalo or the Kunga buffalo of Africa. Yeah. However, even though they might have looked a little bit like them, there's no relationship. Bison are their own species of animal. 
And what's unique about them is if you, you know, Google out there and look at a skeleton of a bison from the side, and in the spine, in the spine you'll see it as it comes to the front in what we call the thoracic vertebrae, that the spinuses stick up real high, just like you see in the dinosaur skeletons at the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll see these, and that's the bison. That's unique. Their hump is not like a hump of a Brahma bull or a zebu. You know, it is, that, that's not a fatty hump. That is a muscular hump. And why they're so strong. Nobody messes with the bison. Right. You know, bison ruled as the biggest terrestrial land animal in North America. And bison always ruled until you know, a white man showed up with guns. So, you know, that, that that's a unique thing that shows the prehistoric nature of the bison. As well as in people. Another thing, Dale, that people don't realize is that cattle, beef cattle, mm-hmm. dairy cattle... All these, none of these are indigenous or came from North America. No, the explorers, uh, the Spanish and so forth, brought them, correct? Uh, the that, cattle, like the horse. They brought the first ones in, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, so people think if you want to eat local, you want to think not just where the animal's raised, but did the animal really come from here? Is that animal indigenous to here? You know, and we call bison the real American red meat. You know, it's between bison and elk and white-tailed deer here in the east. That was our red meat, you know. there That was where, you know, that was, in, it's interesting, the cycle of life, uh, Dale, is that, you know, white man wipes out bison. And then all of a sudden cardiovascular disease and cancers and uh, starts wiping out white man. And now bison are coming back to help out white man again. So, you know, it's really interesting because now we see that bison have the type of quality fat that we need to keep our brains functioning into our, you know, older years. You know, we have the right kind of fats and nutrients in bison to keep us young and vigorous longer. You know, that's that's the quality of the bison. You know, the Native Americans reverend the bison so strongly because they knew that the bison gave them strength and ability. Uh, as a practitioner, uh, utilizing a lot of nutrition in my practice, I found that one amazing thing, I started putting, I read a study about bison in the early 80s, and I found that bison had less fat than most all fish, with exception of those ones that you see down there in the dark areas with the little lanterns on right, them. Yeah. You know, but, not, but of all the fish that's consumable in the market, bison have, has less fat than them all of them and they have half the calories of beef uh, and they they have about 40 percent more protein that's more digestible protein for the human being and so we're seeing so many factors when i read that i thought this is fascinating so i took some of my resistant cholesterol and triglyceride patients you know that had those issues and put them on bison as their primary red meat source and amazing better than the drugs can do today that they were turning these people around and not only balancing out their cholesterols and triglycerides but they'd come back and they'd say things Dale like wow I feel stronger I feel like I have more energy you know look my allergies are gone my my headaches are gone my heartburn's gone and Dale 
even my hemorrhoids are gone. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's amazing, uh, Dr. King, how just a, a simple change in, in, uh, in diet can help. You're listening to Dale Stewart. Uh, Miss Leslie waving her hand over there. So we're going to take a short pause, and we will be back after this message. Welcome back to Nature's Edge. This is Dale, and we are visiting with Dr. Frank King. Um, we've been talking about uh, his, uh, his, his natural uh, pharmaceutical uh, manufacturing company. And uh, in the last segment, we were, we were talking about bison, or the American buffalo. And uh, uh, Dr. King has, uh, has quite a few of them. We were talking about uh, where they came from. Uh, and um, and how how they've been here and how their uh, the meat is beneficial uh, uh, for us uh, human steed. I did want to ask uh, ask you, Frank, about the. Um, we know that that in the late eighteen hundreds, uh, many of the bison were wiped out, uh, uh, both as a as a way for the federal government to try to control the Native Americans, but also. Uh, um, you know, was selling uh, some of their bones and stuff were actually used for fertilizer and sent to Europe and different places and, and hides and everything. But and that number, uh, we almost lost the uh, the bison in North America. But I know they've come back pretty strong. Do you have any idea how many we have now in the United States? Oh, we're probably hitting a half a million plus right now. So that is a really great number to you know uh, coming back. And we've been working hard to get that genetic diversity and. You know, as I was mentioning about breeding, crossbreeding those woods bison with the plains bison. Wish we had an eastern bison. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and we're now brought in something very special, Dale, and that's the European bison, where they all came from originally, mm-hmm. and it's also called a wiesent bison, W-I-S-E-N-T. That wiesent now we, that restores the global genetics of the bison and uh makes it you know whole again so we're now tapped into those and we're getting some wonderful offspring some beautiful animals coming out of this because we're it's the only thing we have left to do to restore all the genetics of what where the bison came from so we're excited about it and we're the really the only breeders in america doing this yeah, they uh, now they're a little smaller, aren't they? Aren't, aren't they, are they as large? Or are they larger? I can't, I don't remember. Yeah, they're actually framier. They're taller and taller, they're yeah, longer. They're, they're a little thinner. Thinner. That, but, maybe that's what I'm yeah, thinking about. Yeah. But but they're adding more frame to these uh, to the American bison, and uh, of course getting that hybrid genetic vigor back again. What was you know white man is. Uh, intensely destroyed yeah uh so we're excited about this and uh and you know our bison uh we actually are thinking about a t-shirt you know puts a happy face of a bison on there an organic uh hemp maybe Mm t-shirt that says i like grass what do you think uh (laughs) might go over yeah (laughs) (laughs) sound like a winner we get that uh get that out there so the uh uh I guess one of the largest herds, um, wild herds, is, is the Yellowstone herd. Is that the? Uh, and those are primarily plains. 
Yes, those bison are those are Plains bison right there. In Yellowstone. And, yes, and uh, of course the Teddy Roosevelt herd. Now Teddy was pretty big, and yes. you know bringing those back first, you he know, was, and yeah. uh, you know of course those have been available for breeders to get and to be able to work with. But you know Yellowstone, there's only one man. I, I tr- I've been trying, and it's been tough to get. You know they'd rather shoot them and kill them when they go off the uh, Yellowstone National Park land, and uh, or they. But Ted Turner got some here a few years back, and uh, he has a huge herd. Oh my! Yeah, uh, he has a huge amount of land, being the number one well, landowner. Yeah, yeah, I think he owns Wyoming and part of Montana now. You know, I heard a I heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true, but uh, someone told me that Ted was actually trying to buy a continuous track of land from Mexico to Canada. I've heard that same. <laughs> and now, that sounds I, like something he would try to do. I don't know why, a but you know, it's, it, it makes you wonder. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, but I, I will uh, do, and I, I've actually been on one of his uh, ranches up in uh, in Wyoming, and uh, uh, he really, uh, like yourself, has has been one of the real pioneers and leaders in helping restore. Oh, well, he's done a great job. Um, you know, uh, you know, he's been. Uh, you know, we've met him at, you know, we go to the NBA conferences every day. Right. You know, that's, that's, Absolutely. that's not the Basketball no, Association no. now. That's the uh, National Bison Association. Yep. So we, uh, you know, we've got to meet him, and he's got a sincere effort, and his son is doing a great job, and I think he's going to carry on that legacy. Yeah, they, they, they're doing some, some amazing work there. Um, since we're we're talking about uh, the bison, and we and we've talked a little about it, the uh, Native American, but uh, I also happen to know uh, that you have a, a rather large number, um, certainly the largest number that I've seen in one place of white bison. Yeah, you know it's been uh, quite a unique thing. Back when Native Americans were first put on reservations, there was a prophecy that they received out of a hope. And uh, it was from the white buffalo calf woman. And she had had this prophecy uh, that they've lived on as, as a prophecy of hope that when the white bison come and, and the other bison will then come back again that was destroyed. And when the, all these bison come back, it would be uh, the Native American will also find their rightful place back into the world again. And not only that, but all colors of people will come together as one. White man, you know, brown man, red man, uh, yellow man, will all come together as one, which is really unique because the return, it's called the return of the buffalo prophecy. And that prophecy is, you know, when the buffalo are coming back like they are now, and the only way they will come back is finding a rightful place in how they interact with humans, you know, feeding humans. If that doesn't happen, they will, will buffalo will only be relegated to a few in a zoo. Yeah. And so this is all part of the, you know, cycle of life and how these animals can rightfully come back into their uh, own and their numbers again. And, you know, and that's a real American meat's coming back. It is. It, it absolutely is, and the, yeah, the the, uh, the white bison is is a very sacred animal uh, to the Native Americans. Uh, but let me ask you this: Can people uh, can people visit your farm? They sure can, Dale. Uh, we do ca- uh, uh, tours, uh, and you can contact CarolinaBison.com. 
get all the information. Uh, feel free. Uh, we do, uh, you know, motorized tours. We're building a train mm. and actually to go through the farm and pull about 150 people at a time. Uh, there's also a trailer, like a wagon ride that you can do. You can interact with the with the animals. You can feed them. Uh, you know, some of them you can pet. Uh, you know, and, uh, so we're real excited to, for people to really see the sustainable agriculture that we're doing, the organic type, you know, farming that you know we're utilizing, and uh, it's real important to know where your food's coming from and what it's actually being fed and how it's being cared for and you know that's so important in this era of factory farming that we were, you know it's got we have to get away from those kind of methods they are just causing all sorts of problems from hormone imbalances to uh you know you know having uh your good bacteria imbalances with the antibiotics they put antibiotics in animal feed yeah. on a regular basis to keep them alive and to actually help them gain faster you know more fat you know the wrong kind of fat and so you know it's really sad what's going on in agriculture and there is this shift coming back because people are standing up and saying wait a minute uh, there's you know the research is showing that you know our food is our medicine or it could be our demise depending on what you're eating Uh, absolutely and and as you said i mean they're putting these antibiotics not only in in uh in in cattle but in in poultry and and pork and and uh, everything else that's that's pretty available out there spot on you're listening to dale stewart with nature's edge and we will be back and uh finish up our discussion with dr king right after these messages Oh, Dad, won't you spare me over till another year? Well, what is this that I can't see with ice cold hands taking hold of me? Well, I am death now. Buffalo herd, can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. Happy if you've mine too. You can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. You can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. You can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. Love that song. Thank you, Leslie, for playing that. That's that's a great way to, to get back in here. This is Dale Nature's Edge. We're talking to Dr. Frank King and uh, primarily been talking about uh, American bison. Uh, but Dr. King also is the uh, Founder and owner of uh, of King Bio, which is a manufacturer of natural pharmaceuticals, and uh, we talked about that a little bit. You can learn more about King Bio at www.kingbio.com, and you can learn more about the um, the bison at uh, www.carolinabison.com. Frank, I know we we've been talking about the bison, uh, but also I've I've toured your farm, and I also know you have other animals out there. You've got some. Or two C's and some camels, and I think you just got some white-tailed deer. Tell me about this diversity of of, uh, of animals that you're bringing in out there. Well, Dale, I did start something a number of years ago called the Wild Food Foundation, and we found that wild foods is what really awakens our genes to get back to what we've lost here in the 21st century. 
and we can't we don't want to get away from our those wild foods that awaken that genetic healthy gene expressions you know the wonderful thing about you know all this study into genetics in the last few decades has been they found something called epigenetics or epigenomics which is the sum total of the genetics and what this is is the greatest news we've ever found in science i believe it's the life changer it's the game changer and that is we can change our genes just because mama may have had PMS or bad menopause or breast cancer doesn't mean that we have to have it. You know, you know, just because daddy and grandpa had prostate cancer doesn't mean we have to have prostate cancer. We can literally change our genes. And what changes our genes, Dale, is that we can change by the way we live. We can get back to those genetic roots that are there to sustain us. We can get back to uh, eating natural again. You know, natural food is not some goofy idea. It's what sustained us from the beginning of time. And when we get away from that, we get, we're like those polar bears we mentioned earlier that are being released in the desert we're just not going to do well and so it's basic logic and common sense and that's what the wild food foundation is all about and as we've been studying one of i love these animals um it's called the watusi now you all might have done the dance before if you remember it and uh you know, do the wah to see. And, you know, who sung that? <laughs> Let them sing it. Uh, but, you know, we we want to uh, understand that these Watusi are phenomenal animals and have an incredible history of health expression. And that is not only are they the largest horned cow in the world. I mean, they dwarf a Texas longhorn. They do. And, you know, in diameter and in length. Uh, just huge, huge animals, and those horns are full of blood. And what the African tribes that lived off of the Watusi, they would milk them, and they would take a reed and sharpen it, in a sense, and do a crude red cross draw. They wouldn't, you know, kill the animal. They would just draw some blood out and mix that blood with the milk and poured it into gourds, let it ferment, and that was their primary subsidy. That was the primary food they lived off of. And what was unique is that both the men and women in these tribes, the Ancoli tribes, the Tusi tribes, the Masais, they were called the giants of Africa because both those men and women grew to being seven feet tall. And now, wait a minute, you know, I don't think I can get seven feet tall now that I'm 63 years old. But here's the thing, that's called human growth hormone. And you know, if you probably heard, human growth hormones used to help keep people young. You know, it is the anti-aging medicine. It's expensive. Those are for wealthy people that want to take those injections. Now, there's some dangers in the injections because it can increase tumor growth if you take too much. But this, from the Watusi, we're finding growth factors in their milk. And, you know, we're actually looking at even making capsules from freeze-dried blood that, you know, would be things to really build and strengthen our blood. And so from the milk to the blood, or, you know, or using both, you can actually increase your human growth hormone, what we call IGF-1, as well, and you know add years to your life and life to your years and so that's something that's exciting you know is 
all of us baby boomers are you know getting there to up there in this age we're here now and that we have the power and the potential and the knowledge today to live much longer and healthier lives where white hair has always been what a sign of wisdom in yeah. all cultures you know it's been honored not something where they put you in a home because you can't remember anybody and you can't wet, you know stop wetting your pants you know that's not the way to you know finish life you know, life is too valuable. We want to keep our golden years golden. And so that's our goal. In Watusi, we're finding factors in this milk that can help us keep those golden years golden. You know, I may be one of the few people that have actually had that drink of milk and blood that fermented <laughs> uh, in Africa. I've, as a lot of people know from my uh, expedition background, one of the things I've been asked what food I just did not enjoy and that was that was one of them. So <laughs> I'll be glad to take it on, but not in the not in the uh, not in the way that they did out there. What about your camels? I know you have some camels out there. Sure do. We put together oh, about thirty camels right now. Uh, we've got about uh, fourteen babies coming here this spring, and uh, you know. So what we're doing there, and that's something they've found out also, is camel milk. And there's studies. These are global studies from the Middle East to uh, Europe and even in America now that are happening that are showing camel milk to actually have an insulin factor that helps prevent and correct diabetes. And we also find that they have other factors that are addressing and improving and correcting uh, hepatitis, liver problems, as well as helping autistic children Mm -hmm. so this is phenomenal information as well as enhancing our overall immune systems they're actually looking at the camel blood and seeing how there are factors in there immunological factors to improve our immune systems so we're very excited about seeing these animals are the most adaptive creatures on the planet they are that they can adapt to you know you know dry and uh, lack of water and heat and cold you know, you know, so they're quite amazing, and another prehistoric animal, actually, Dale. And what we're finding, those animals are bringing and helping humans, and and so we're looking at these wild animals and finding key solutions to the problems that are plaguing our society today. I, I think it's a wonderful work uh, what you're doing, and, and you know, it's also interesting. Uh, uh, I do uh, see more and more of of uh, research being done uh, in in um, in some of our uh, some of our academic settings and some of our, our medical institutions and all. They they are starting to take a look at these these um, natural not only the uh, uh, the animals like the bison and and the and the camel, but uh, certainly uh, beginning to take a look at those. Uh, those natural uh, uh, medicines that have been out there for so long, and and saying, well, there may be something here. We need to, we need to look at it. But uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you also just got a herd of uh, white-tailed deer. What uh, what's the plan there? We sure did, and elk, and elk. And That's elk. right. Yeah. Yes, uh, good meat. Yes, we do. We supply elk meat. Uh, you know, in the marketplace. Uh, you know, at CarolinaBison.com, you can. Uh, order directly uh, our pure natural uh, bison uh, all cuts of meat from a pound of ground to you know the finest of steaks Uh, as well as elk we have ground elk 
Uh, you know, we also have USDA certified organic beef that are that's certified organic as well as certified grass fed. You'll hear a lot of people claim, "Oh, well, I've got grass-fed meat." Yeah, but well, <laughs> yeah, make sure it's certified because uh, you know there's we've checked a lot of those, and you you do want to do your due diligence there, and make sure you are getting the right kind of stuff. Frank, I got to cut you off. Uh, gosh, there's so much information here and so much stuff we're talking about. I'm going to have to uh, have to have you back on Nature's Edge one of these days. We had Dr. Frank King with us today. You can learn more about his work at www.kingbio.com and www.carolinabison.com. This is Dale with Nature's Edge, and until next time, I will see you in the wild. Music.